And as you were saying, in a little over a month yeah. from this record date, we everybody in the country, and hopefully the world, will be talking tar. I mean, there's no way it's going to be. This time, the first time, I think it's successful because it was a genuine word of mouth. Like, hey, this is a wild experience. Everyone's going to love, you know, it's James Cameron. Like, everyone was so earnest in their love of Avatar. Now, I think there is a heavy irony in everyone's excitement for Avatar 2, you know? I hope not. No, I, I, I think in a good way, where everyone's like, it is genuinely funny that we had over 10 years of, like, people being like, yeah, but Avatar wasn't that great. And now everyone's... There's, like, no cultural impact. Yes, and now, and now everyone's so psyched for Avatar 2. the box office. Yeah, there is, uh, like, an irony I, thing to it, just to prove those people wrong, you know, I think. I saw Black Panther on IMAX Ooh, uh, yeah. the other day, and it's fine. But the Avatar Ugh. 2 trailer plays in IMAX, and it just, like, I start getting teary towards the end of it. Like, I'm so... I'm so in. I'm... There's two movies ready for that movie. There's two movies out uh, this season. Um, one already came out. It's already had has shows here in LA, and I'm going to be seeing it very soon. Um, Avatar is one of them, but two movies that when I think about them, I get weirdly emotional. One is Avatar two, just because it's like, yeah, that first one that was such an event, and like it's the last time where it's like this is the movie everyone's talking about. I guess no, Black Panther had that effect too. I would say the first one. Um, but that I get really emotional thinking about the Fablemans too. Just the longer I I think about it and ponder on it, I just that I'm trailer. More of a cynic with it, I, but oh, like I don't, I don't know. I it looks like my it. kind of corny. Dano. Yeah, it, and that's kind of the thing. I'm like I maybe uh, I'm sure I'm going to be blown away by it. It's yes. just one I'm like really, really Look, Spielberg, uh, really Steve. All I gotta say to is to like assuage any doubts though is David Lynch is John Ford, you know. Oh yeah, I, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. I'll, I'm. I'll I'm pretty. Pay my tickets. I don't know if this was between us or on the podcast, but we mentioned just how much better. Like we we're both rewatching Twin Peaks, and like how much better season two when Gordon gets when Gordon Cole comes back in. Oh like, right, I just and can't it's two wait. Episodes. Oh yeah, I can't wait for his energy on the big screen. You know. Ugh. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, we're going to talk to her a little bit here on The Weekly Podcast Massacre. I Well, we're going to be splitting hosting duties today yeah. because this is a special episode. We have five weeks in November. It's the day before Thanksgiving. So what better to talk about than Blood Rage? Yeah. Because we also are in the middle of our monthly theme, Sibling Rivalries. And this might take the cake on Sibling Rivalries. Yeah. What a great... Or uh, it, it it might take the turkey. <laughs> that is true. It does rival pin in its depiction of a, of a good sibling rivalry this month. Um, I think, uh, yeah, uh, splitting these duties is, is, is great because there's a lot of splitting going on in this film. People are sliced up like butter. It's fucking great. I cannot wait to Maybe get Maybe one character's here. mental uh, capacities mm-hmm. are split. Yes, exactly. Uh, there's, very... uh, I don't know if you picked up on this, but there's a lot of mirror oh, yeah. stuff going on in it. Yeah, definitely. Kind of like, <laughs> like sisters in that Reflections. way. Reflections. That's yes. true. Yeah, talking about Blood Rage, aka Slasher. Uh, I watched AKA. this in two different, it has different sources. One, right? There's a couple, yeah. 
I watched this from two different sources. Both of them had the slasher title card. Uh, AKA. Yeah, that's what I saw as well. What was it? Nightmare um, at Shadow Woods. Yes, Nightmare at Shadow Woods and The Complex was the other alternate title or like oh, an early okay. title. Which, okay, let's let's start there. Which is your favorite of those titles? Blood Rage, Slasher, Nightmare at well, <laughs> Midnight Woods, it, or The Complex? It depends on on what we're how we're taking this movie mm-hmm. because throughout it, I can't I keep getting confused of whether it's a good bad movie or if it's a if that like what they're straight going up for. good movie i don't know right yeah and because it's hard just because call it slasher. i enjoy so much of it yeah that's uh-huh. what i'm saying if it's slasher and it's more of a like a satire of the whole genre i yeah. like that but blood rage has a really good ring to it as well and it is what happens to to Terry when he sees his mom kissing anyone but him. And it may refer to like blood between bro- you know what I mean like they share blood. Like yeah. does Todd have that blood rage in him, you know? Mm-hmm. Who knows. Um I really like the complex because it just like it refers to uh, the the fact that this is all in one apartment complex in Florida does add right. so much to the movie. Like it's a fantastic location. And then you have, but like it's also the the complex, yeah. complex, mm-hmm. yeah. What's going yeah. on in their heads? I do like yes, that. I think that that's a really fun title. Uh, but for my money, yeah, Blood Rage can't be beat. It's so classic, and this movie earns it. You know what I mean? It's like such a great, just like trashy pulp title, and this movie yeah. like lives up to it. So I, I, yeah, I think Blood Rage is the way to go. Before we get into it, though, let's talk a little bit of tar. Is that yeah. going to be your recommendation for this week, the non-horror? <laughs> well, you you liked tar, oh, right? You you really liked tar. I did. I I'm I'm going in with the giant caveat that um, I recently changed up my work schedule. I went from working evenings exclusively to exclusively working mornings, and so I you uh, fell asleep. I drifted. A little bit. I don't think I ever fully fell asleep, but it was definitely okay. like a scene or two where I I dipped out for a second. Even with that, though, I mean, I saw majority of the movie. It's a long ass movie. If I missed five minutes, that's a fraction. Yeah. Um. I mean, it, hey, that's number one. Does not need to be two hours and thirty minutes. <laughs> like it does not. Um. Uh, it takes its time and it's purposeful in taking its time. What I will say about it, if anyone doesn't know what Tar is, it is a a drama slash satire um yeah. of like art in the art world starring Kate mm-hmm. Blanchett as a famous composer um named Tar uh I only realized the importance of anagrams at the end of the movie and that Tar can be rearranged into a couple of things um before when I was going in I just kept hearing about how funny it is like there's like a lot of good comedy in it um, no, I wouldn't have said that. I oh, mean, there are that's interesting. some humorous moments. Yeah, it's weird because I feel like the first third of the movie I was really into, when a lot of it is just kind of establishing the super fucking snooty and pretentious, like, bougie yes, world that Tar lives in. I mean, it is so... I kept coming back to. That, to me, is what was working so well. That entire one-take shot of her giving the lecture is so funny, and I think that it is a great satire... There's a weird layer of unre- of like, sur- like surreal element, like a surreal element to it that I thought was great. Mm-hmm. 
then it transitions into kind of just being a full drama. The satire is still there, but a lot of it drops away and it kind of takes itself really seriously by the end. It achieves that pretension, I, I think. <laughs> and okay. I think it's trying to. I think it's it's actually is trying to. It's a weird movie because it's almost critic-proof because as soon as you call it pretentious, it's like, well, yeah, the movie's about extreme pretension. So it's like, yes. it kind of earns being pretentious in a way. But also... It's about art and our relationship with it yeah. and creators of it and, and what we think of creators of but it. But it's also about how to, all that bullshit you just mentioned. Like, it's, yeah, people yeah. get... I mean, I, I get into it too, but it's about... That's ultimately meaningless in the face of, like people's pain does that make sense <laughs> and and that's it's uh it is the character study of a of a person they're falling from grace and I, one of the things that kept striking me is her hypocrisy oh yeah to, yeah to all of it as well um in that lecture scene the kid's bouncing her leg and she like emphatically like stops him doing that there's the assistant conductor that always like clicks the pin when she has an uh, a chance to she steals that pen but then when you look at her she's always she's very ocd she's always washing her hands like she has these um things that she relies upon uh, yeah that she her crutches and when she sees somebody else with a crutch she is angry at that person for having that yeah um it's and i just too, i really did sense. love the ending yeah like in terms I, of i a... thought the ending capped it all Oh, the ending is something to me that just flew right over my head. We may have to talk more about it in detail afterwards. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I will say, walking out of the movie, I immediately liked it more because I encountered a lobby card for the movie. Have you seen the poster? That's, I mean, it's her the, like conducting. It's just text, yeah. But then it has it's Richard Lawson's review. Richard Lawson, uh, mm-hmm. frequent guest of the Blank Jade podcast. It's his review of the movie. And after reading his review on the lobby card of like the, for the poster, I was like, okay, this is much funnier than I expect than I thought. <laughs> Just like the fact that that's how you present it, and you present the movie on the poster like that pretentiously, but it also works as like a rave review. I'm like, that is operating on a couple layers there, and that is funny, and I do have an appreciation for what it does. I then did, I then did have a dream last night that I was like reading. Or like listening to a lecture about Blood Rage and Tar and how they're the same movie. Which they're not. <laughs> that doesn't hold water at all. But in my dream, I was just like, you know, they're kind of the same. Like, it's like, you know, similar events. And I was like, viewing weird mixtures of both. Um, and it's all done in one take. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my, re- my real recommendation, and I have a feeling you might mention this too, is God of War Ragnarok is out as of this recording. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. That we're both playing it. I'm not too, too far into it. I haven't had a lot of time, but it, right. it is pretty fantastic so far. I'm finding finding time when I can. I will say I really am loving the experience. When you get abilities down the road for your axe and your blades, and you're able to just kind of chain all these cool abilities and moves together, ooh, it is such a joy. Um, yeah, it is fun. I will say there's a weird... <laughs> there's some weirdness of the camera, and like... Uh, in terms of these fights, a lot of just getting blindsided, blindsided by something that you just never yeah. would have seen coming. Um, and also, your companions in that movie will not in that game will not shut the fuck up. Like every puzzle, uh, they're right. That is that is part yeah. of it. Like I was about two seconds away from like, oh, I think I understand, and they just told me the answer. Yep. And I was like, I I don't want that. I want to be able to find it. 
But on the other hand, there was a little island that I was uh, exploring, and Atreus was like, hey, I think we found everything here. And I'm like, great, I don't have to like redouble around the island to make sure. So yeah. I, I enjoyed that part. There's a there's there are moments like that that they do it right, but it's like it it removes that joy of discovery of like oh this is how I solve this puzzle because like they'll just tell you exactly. Immediately. I encountered a bug where um, Atreus had one of those lines where he's like, "There's a gap in the fence over there," and it just kept repeating it every couple minutes. Oh, and then okay. uh, even we were way past that point, he just kept saying it, and then he started cutting <laughs> he started cutting off another character as they were talking with that line. And it skipped over like well, exposition. <laughs> that's that's what you get day one. Yeah, they're all buggy. Uh, I think my recommendation. Well, I went and saw the Banshees of Irishirin, or however you say. Yeah, it. yeah. Uh, it's great. Cool. I was a big fan of In Bruges, but not as much as everybody. Like, I feel like that's a, another bro Shawshank Redemption movie. Like they yeah. overly love it, and I'm like, it's. It's really good, but I wouldn't put it best movie ever. Uh, I think I'm this one, a little bit there with them. A little bit for that one. <laughs> really? Okay. I love it, yeah. Uh, this this one was, was really great and funny and sad and tragic. And it ends on such a note that I'm... I don't know how to feel about what, the way it resolves. Like, I, I enjoy what what he did but i feel uh, there's still turmoil within me about these characters and their situation Damn, and i'm sad that like i'm sad that like the movie ended like i mm. i would have accepted like a nine hour epic about this like i really did love the the atmosphere colin colin farrell's great in it the uh. barry keegan is that his name he's uh yeah a treasure he's, in he's incredible movie. it's so good yeah one of those actors that just looks and sounds so weird that anything he does is interesting, basically. Right, uh, and he yeah. plays the town idiot. Oh, oh and boy. And just does it so well. Oh, it's I am so, good. so he, psyched for this now. <laughs> he, ha- he has one of the most, like, heartbreaking lines I think I've ever heard. Okay. Like, in, in life, in cinema, and music. It, it was Damn. just, it really hit, and I kept thinking about that specific moment. Kind of like a lot of the moments in this movie. I just, I keep coming back to, I can't get it out of my head. Greg, you have seen this before, because it yes. was a Joe Bob movie. That's correct, no longer yeah. on Shutter right now. Yeah, yeah, but uh, that is where I saw it was, um, was his presentation on Shutter, and loved it. Uh, I mean, just had such a great time with it. It's perfect for his show, because yes. everybody in this movie is insane and you can talk about them for hours like each individual character you're like what is up with this fucking person um so yeah i was a huge fan of it i really remembered the score i was surprised watching it again just how much the like what an earworm the main like synth score is uh and how much it like really stuck with me and remembered every beat of it it was great so yeah had you seen this before or was this a first watch i had i had seen the the Joe Bob version, and then I think we watched it as a group way back Possibly. in the day, maybe a couple Thanksgiving ago, and because I remember one of our uh, Discord mates had made a bunch of gifts from yes. it, so like was constantly saving these gifts. So I, I think the banner, uh, the head, the dis- yeah, I think the banner of the hanging, Discord, yeah. uh, was 
was Terry with the machete at one point. Yes. Which, what an icon, such a great iconic image. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man. Okay, so uh, I guess we should start with it was originally filmed in like 1983. Yeah. In Jacksonville, Florida, which is where it takes place. Which is also where my grandparents lived for quite a few wow. years until my grandfather died. So that's where we would go to visit. Is oh, Jacksonville. Oh, did you ever go to the drive-in in Jacksonville, Florida to watch The House That I, Cried Murder? <laughs> that's That was my first notes, The House That Cried Murder, which is a good title. I would go see that movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, it has one of the most amazing scores, as you already said. Like, the opening, you're really in that kind of 80s synth. Uh, you know, we're seeing all the different drive-in aspects. You get the popcorn, you get ted Raimi selling condoms in oh the my bathroom. god so yeah his first movie and like Candyman, he enters with such a great look that it just you can immediately tell it's him he he's kind of <laughs> he's kind of young and handsome like it, it's it's so fun to see him his first ever movie yeah before evil dead 2 was he not in well i guess he was in evil dead but just like in makeup no i i right I actually don't know if he was one of the the performers in Evil Dead. I'm not sure about that. He, I think he, I, I, I just watched felt a commentary. Like when we talked about it. With we were we were talking about him being one of the Deadites coming through. Now he is, possibly. yeah, Deadite Henrietta in yeah. two specifically. Interesting. I don't. know. I was seeing on IMDb. I mean, this is IMDb, so I who knows? Sure. But that this was his first role. But I'm not sure. Oh, maybe I'm wrong then. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, it wouldn't make sense. This would be after Evil Dead two, right? When this came out? 1983. Well, that's when it was it, made, but... Oh, you're right. I guess I, when it was right. made versus when it came out, yeah. Uh, well, so it, hmm. had, I guess, had the different couple different cuts, had, a, you know, all the different titles. We get the most complete version, I'm assuming, which is even funny that it's still only 82 minutes long. Yes. <laughs> Although I was, I have a feeling they cut out a lot of stuff at the asylum, is what it feels like. And I'm wondering if well, that footage still yes. exists somewhere. Because, and that's part of the the movie's charm to a degree of it is, is it so bad it's good? Or is it good and just like not amazing? But like they're going for that satirical parody type Starship Troopers-esque note. Yeah. I have a feeling. And it's hard to tell. Uh, the director John Grismer, I I have a feeling, and I I saw some IMDb about him being like, even maybe not fired, but he left the production at some point and then mm-hmm. came back. So it sounds like that that to me tells me he had some some trouble on set. I think it is satirical, but it is also a fucking mess. Like I think it's both. You know what I mean? Like I think it's like it's a mixture of yes, they are going for something weirdly like a send up of slashers. In a way. But then you have actors that are just, they're bad, but then you you start yeah. enjoying how bad they are. Like exactly. The mother is a whole other level of performer. Yeah, so like, we get I, to her, let's, let's get to her right away, because we, we yeah. start on the drive-in, they're at the House of Cried Murder, great score, like kind of actually like a somewhat creepy score underneath this, um, underneath this part, and uh, yeah, <laughs> Luis Lasser plays Maddie. She's in the front seat with a boyfriend at the drive-in and uh, my first note is these are Floridians. They all look like Floridians. They are not faces 
or teeth that you see in movies usually. <laughs> like the shape of everyone's face and the shape of their teeth is is so bizarre. Some of them had the creepiest eyes too. Uh, we'll get to Terry's eyes later. Uh, but yeah. it's not just him. It is like these people are swamp people. Like they just they wear it on their faces, you know. <laughs> and they're on a date, and the kids are in the Todd and Terry are in the back of the station wagon asleep. And the date's eventually like, come on, they've been asleep half an hour. Let's, you know, let's suck face. And when Terry sees this, it, well, it's not like an automatic enragement. He's just like, hey, let's get out of here. He's like, hey, mom's at it again, is what he says. Yeah, mom's at it again. Grabs the hatchet from some other car and then sees a couple having sex. And it's another one of the things. A lot of the gore and effects are very decent great actually i think they're pretty fantastic yeah and it makes me wonder if the director gristler or whatever was was more concerned about that because there is even the random thing of like hey let's put movie makeup on a girl's face at one point yes just randomly for no real story reason um, I, I, I would credit Ed French, who is the special effects okay. artist, and going to his IMDb is so impressive. This guy for uh, the makeup department in films has 87 credits, right? Wow. Uh, between a, a shitload of TV shows, everything from Two Broke Girls to Westworld, The House of Cards to uh, American Sniper, <laughs> The Spoils of Babylon, The Office, like this guy gets around. Um, okay so very prolific makeup artist it seems like he's just kind of literally there on set doing makeup is my guess he's not like a director or a head of a department i'm not sure but he does all the special effects for this movie and yeah they're fantastic like this is the you know this was like a call it's probably a good calling card for him i imagine going forward in the industry because like it looks great and we start with yeah the the terry takes this little hatchet slashes up the guy's guy's face face. while while he's presumably inside a woman yes yeah thank you for saying that yeah (laughs) um and And she's got to be traumatized everyone starts screaming a bunch of other kids and people run over i loved looking at the crowd of extras they gathered like there's like (laughs) an old like swamp santa claus there the huge long white beard and bald head like you know just great uh terry rubs blood all over todd's face gives him the hatchet and says mommy mommy look what todd did uh Todd's catatonic and yes. it's it's one of the things like you don't need to be a blood expert that like Terry is covered in it yeah obviously. and you would be able to tell the handprint is like a child's handprint on his face <laughs> you know um but we we soon find out Maddie is not maybe not the, the brightest bulb no, uh Louise no, Lasser she looks fucking ridiculous in this opening scene I mean, she looks ridiculous the whole movie but when they tr- she's trying to yeah. play young here like it's supposed to be 15 years younger and she she's well, looks it's a ten year jump. The same. It's a oh, you're ten year seventy four to like eighty four, and then, I mean still <laughs> uh, when yeah when we after the ten year jump she's still even she's so infantilized she has yes. a pigtail like a pigtail look she's got almost a schoolgirl thing and yeah what you were saying about there it's a mess because this was obviously not written with a voiceover oh yeah <laughs> part. And then I'm just assuming, like, they cut it together and they were like, 
this does not work at all. We gotta figure out something. So, first of all, do. I want to say, because between the hatchet stuff and now we have uh, the main score kicks in and we get the title cards and everything, Richard Einhorn is the synth- is the composer. Uh, I finally found his name in my notes. Uh, great job. Um, yeah, we get a 10-year time jump, and then we have Todd is in an asylum where Marion Cantor, as Dr. Berman, is giving a voiceover about Todd's mental state out of nowhere. And again, she was the producer of the movie who had to step in because the actor that was meant to play Berman just never arrived. Um, and you can tell she look not right. I'm trying not to be disparaging of people's appearances in this movie, but she has the strangest jaw. <laughs> Does she I not ge- have like, I guess that is the reason to do well i mean i don't i didn't really notice her jaw particularly i, I don't know maybe she has an interesting angles. look yeah but like yeah if she's not an actress and given this role uh and it's just so funny you know the mom explodes at one point it's like no test <laughs> no test and dr berman says my past experiences with like psychotic patients helped me calm her down, and then just automatically the mom starts calming down. Oh, it's so good. We don't yeah. see the doctor do anything. Uh, Dr. Berman almost has like she's got kind of a deeper voice too. She also has an insane voice that like really comes through in the voiceover. It's just like you know, I had never mm. seen Todd and and Maddie together before. It's like it, it's really strange. Yeah. Um, so I, I will say Todd and Maddie. Okay, yes. go ahead. I want to say John Grismer also directed a movie I really like called Scalpel, um, which is a horror movie from the 70s that I, I really, really uh, appreciated. Um, that is about uh, kind of doppelgangers and like two two different women okay. who end up with the same face. Um, it's pretty interesting. He only mm. ever directed Blood, Rage, and Scalpel. He didn't do anything else. Uh, he wrote a movie called The Bride. And then, I don't know, maybe he just it seems like he just vanished from the film industry. I have to like look into what his story is someday. I feel like once you make this movie, you're just done with life and Hollywood in general. Yeah. After Blood Rage, much. it seems like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Todd comes in and she gives him, you know, his favorite piece of pie, pumpkin, <laughs> and is she? She is also infantilizing him, like treating him like you know, no time has passed. I love just that we get him grabbing the pie. And it's uh, Maddie's trying to like fix it as well. Yes, it's really disturbing. And again, we get the voiceover: the pie gets thrown against the wall. <laughs> this all would have played fine, I think, without it. it it's so funny just to have the voiceover like mm-hmm. being put over what is clearly just actual dialogue for the movie that they're just yes. drowning out because they didn't have faith in it or something, or maybe it was confusing the people. <laughs> This this reeks of like this was not in the work print, you know what I mean? For like the right nightmare at murder woods, whatever it was called. It wasn't in the script, yeah. And yeah. I also one of my things is we don't get to see his escape, which might be like one of the more exciting points of the movie. Yeah, it happens just, off screen. Oh my god, he's gone. <laughs> he's not here anymore. Uh, so we also get introduced to the grown up Terry, who wears the shortest shorts of all time. Yeah. And he is uh, back from break to college. He's got his girlfriend, Karen. He has friends, Artie and Greg. And we also get introduced to the new neighbor, uh, Andrea, who goes jogging without a bra. Yeah, very forward, this brand new neighbor. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, it's weird. I, I, this beginning, even between both watches, I confuse Andrea and Karen so much. Uh, and, and Artie and Greg. I mean, these guys, these, all these teens just really like blend together and there's all such generic names. Um, Greg is a little easier to remember, It is Florida. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I would hope so. Um, uh, we, we find out that the neighbor and the Andrea are getting invited to Thanksgiving dinner. And, like, we do a smash cut to everybody laughing at some joke. Love it. That the neighbor's mom said. And I love the line, you never told me that one. Oh, yeah. Which, wait. Uh, yeah, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> the, they kind of lose the new girl angle with Andrea immediately. Like, she just feels like an old member of the crew at this point, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, she gets taken in very quickly. Like, yeah. no one's really asking her stuff. We find out that her she likes to play tennis, so... Oh, yes. That, that Terry catches, wants to play tennis with her. That catches Terry's attention. He's also, like, yeah, yeah, he's, like, making out with Andrea as they're playing whatever game they're playing, right? He, like, kisses he's her. He's making out with Karen. With Karen, I'm sorry. And See, when yeah. Andrea walks in, like, Karen notices they start flirting, which is even so weird that later on he seems to have no interest there's in sex whatsoever well he should we find out why he maybe has a has a you know a complex he's that, already uh, got a kicks a, in a, a steady girl yeah that's yeah. true um i just want to give credit to the actors real quick we got uh julie gordon as karen jane benson as julie uh is julie who is julie is that her I think is dr that... berman no 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 julie i think is um i wrote it down and i don't remember who julie even is maybe she's the mom of the baby Oh, the neighbor. Oh, or the oh, neighbor the, mom. Yes. yes, I don't know. The, I think so. Look, these the names all get the made, newborn get mixed mom. Up. Uh, but then, most importantly, we have Mark so- Mark Soper Sopper. I don't even know how you say his I name. Think Sopper Sopper as Todd slash Terry. Uh, mm. What do we think of this guy? I I actually like the performance. I think he does a good job distinguishing the oh, two. Yeah. Well, to be fair, uh, the hair is doing a lot of work for that. Yeah, like the, you just <laughs> put true. a little bit of like you put a little bit of like curly wet bangs in Todd's eyes, and he looks like a sad I puppy. I kind of love Terry's really works. hair. Me too, man. I, I think he looks really good. Well, he's I, got like, his hair to the point back. where yeah. to the point where I want to go to the barber shop just with a picture of him. Give me like, the Terry. Give me this guy. Yeah, <laughs> give me a Terry. Uh, he has the freakiest green eyes. They are like a mm. pale snake green. And it gives his whole face a lizard appearance that really unsettles me. And then with me. the blonde hair, yep, yeah, he looks like he looks like a roided out Draco Malfoy a little bit. Not yeah, roided out, just so. like and his... like a Floridian Malfoy. <laughs> and he has as as you already judgmentally said, you know, weird teeth. There's yes. weird teeth going on. Yeah, between everybody um, in this movie, but yes. So we're getting the Thanksgiving meal. Uh, Maddie has <laughs> the, one of the weirdest dresses with the most awkward cleavage that's like pushed up and centered, and it just your it your eye is drawn to it every <laughs> time it's on screen. It's very unsettling. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's there with her boyfriend Brad, played by William Fuller. What a voice on this guy too. He runs the complex, and yeah, yeah he. I think he has a really fun part. He does. It. I love his accent. Yeah. Uh, uh, we find out that the <laughs> Maddie and Brad are going to get married, and automatically Todd's a little, or Terry's a little off-put. 
That's one of the best parts of this movie is the super dramatic synth stings whenever anything happens like that. Yes. Just like a brrrr. <laughs> like as soon as you hear, we're getting married. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a great one when uh, Dr. Berman and her assistant come and he like puts the gun to oh, Terry. It's God. like you get two big ones and then it just drops off. It's, it's so very, funny. Like, what happened? Uh, I love that we don't hear what's on the other side of the phone. So it is all on Maddie to sell this moment and it's so yes. funny the you way she that like, like times. Her. yes yeah oh you get that multiple times because she has one of the greatest like phone scenes incredible phone acting from Luis lasser and it's like <laughs> fucking unmatched in any other movie it is so, not until so colin funny. farrell in phone, in phone booth, booth have we yes. seen such <laughs> phone acting i mean like i said she has nothing to, to play off of it's all just her you know what I mean? She's yeah. clearly just holding a silent phone to her ear. Like, oh, man. Well, the phone rings. She goes to answer it. And this is when um, Terry tells uh, Brad that, well, he's the man of the house. He should be cutting the turkey. And, like, <laughs> gives him the knife blade first and then turns it around for the handle. It's just a real good. And then Maddie calls Terry and we find out that Todd has escaped but Maddie does not want to ruin Thanksgiving dinner. It's all so nice. Everyone's here having a good time. Let's just, you know, let it be. And t- Terry automatically. Well, it turns out my wet, my psycho he, brother escaped from the mental hospital. Yeah, just as soon as he and sits then down. Maddie, Maddie gives the look of like, oh my god, what's wrong that, with him? We get and another we say another dramatic sting. Yeah, yeah. Todd in the in when Maddie goes to see him, he's trying to proclaim his innocence. Right. That he did not do it, and Maddie's just not not taking it at all. Doesn't want to accept that that's a possibility, and it's so dumb the way that Doctor Berman, like in a little bit, interacts with Terry <laughs> if she thinks Todd is innocent, and <sighs> she would I mean, obviously yeah. mean Terry's the killer. Exactly. Yes. So her her <laughs> her actions make zero sense, but um. I want to say too, like that moment where he he says, "My brother escaped," and it, we do the dramatic sting. I mentioned it in the pin episode, like you, the moment where um, the nurse having sex with Pin is where you could see, like uh, I can't remember his name, but the main characters like Leon. You could see Leon's heart Leon's breaking in real time. Yeah. This is the same way. As soon as like Luis Lasser's eyes go big and she turns her head towards like towards Terry, like you're like, oh, that's it. She is cracked too. Like, um, she has a great line to when she gets at the answer to the phone, she's like, you guys can start eating all the other stuff. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. To talk about the Thanksgiving aspect of this, uh, sure. do, are you upcoming Thanksgiving? Do you, do you typically do a family Thanksgiving still, or has it been a bit since you're well, in Portland? Since and- my family, yeah, is on the East coast. I usually yeah. just do Friendsgiving. I, you know, will get invited to some things when I had, an ex with family in the area, we would do that kind of stuff, but it'll probably most likely just be friends. Hell yeah. Nice. Hey man, way less pressure that way. Hopefully less arguments about politics totally. and shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully no, uh, escaped, <laughs> escaped mental <laughs> well, you know, patients. I never told you I'm, I'm in fact, not an only child that oh. I had a twin. Oh man. Marf. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, make sense I would hope your last not name, but... since my yeah. last name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, his name was Mark Michael. Murphy. Yeah, <laughs> Michael. yeah. 
Um, so we get Dr. Berman coming in and she has an assistant, like we said, got the, the gun, the trank gun. <laughs> and that's when Brad comes in and says he's the manager, he's trying to it's tell the... them that like if if there's anything, he'll be like on the back patios or in the nature walk area. I every single every single line Maddie has is great, but especially what's that gun? The way she points yeah, at it good. when she sees it. Oh my god. It is like they had no time to rehearse the timing of that whole scene. It is it is like she waits like an extra beat or something before she says it, you know. And it 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 seems to me that they they had like one apartment <laughs> that they just kinda like yeah. it, like the lift. You know mm-hmm. how they have the one floor and they just kind of rearrange things a little bit to or make that scene or that scene at the beginning of the descent where they have two different hotel rooms that were the same <laughs> yeah. hotel room set. Yeah. You're just shooting, yeah, different sides of it. Exactly. A uh, wonderful line because they go off looking for Todd around the complex. Terry goes with um, the assistant, or no, he goes with Brad. Right? They're walking away. Or not Arnie. Whoever the assistant is. I'm sorry. I'm getting my characters confused. Jackie is the assistant. The guy with the gun. Yes. Okay. He goes off with Brad, and he has a great line that is like just maybe even ADR as they're walking away. But he says out loud for everybody to hear, were you here when that Simmons kid first turned into a wacko? Which is like, <laughs> as he's walking off screen, it is so funny. And then it just cuts well, away it, from that right away. That's another thing. It definitely seems that this is where they've lived for 10 years, that this yeah. was their original home. Um, so they, they split up. Brad goes to his little office. Uh Jackie goes to investigate the back porches and then Dr. Berman goes to the woods. And I think this is maybe one of the the detriments to the film is we get like three like consecutive kills and there's yeah. like no real buffering between them. 20 minutes in, Brad, you get some of the most quality slasher kills you've ever seen in a movie. Like yeah, each one of these really is fucking good. great. Yeah. It's just they're too they're too succinct. Like we need we need a little bit of space between them. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah, oh, go has ahead. the N.C. Escher painting or drawing of the guy holding the orb. Another thing about reflection oh, yeah. mirrors throughout the whole thing. Um, but he is drinking a beer and gets his gun out, and uh, a wonderful shot of him getting his hand cut off. Oh yeah. It's so good. It, the blood spurting out to follow it up. Yeah. And then to, the cherry on top is the cut back to the hand clutching an old, uh, what is it called? What is, is the it beer? Old Kingdom um, or Old Milwaukee? I wrote it down. Hand is clutching a can of Old Style. I guess this is what it's called. Old That's Style. I put in my notes. Old Style beer. The blood is spurting and the hand is spasming, like still squeezing the can. <laughs> it's fucking yeah. great. Uh, having a sliding glass door behind your desk is just asking for trouble, you know? Like, I think. I, I know I've seen that set up in real life before, but it never seems like a good thing to me. <laughs> well, you want the backlight, you know? That's yeah. that's the idea of it, Greg. Right. You know, feng shui. <laughs> uh, then we get Jackie uh, just getting high on the on a porch, and then and this is another thing where, like, he, he tells Terry, hey, you know what? Dr. Berman doesn't think Todd killed anyone. And you can almost see the realization of like, yes. well, then that would mean I'm talking to the killer. And he gets stabbed through the stomach. Pretty and great. Uh, Terry just walks off with the joint. Yeah, I love it's that. Great. Like I said, this machete just it goes through people like butter. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like with other slasher movies that have used machetes, you know, um, obviously like Jason Voorhees and things like that, you hear more of like a thunk, like an impact when he uses a machete on those in those movies. Nope. This one just straight through, you know what I mean? Or just mm-hmm. like he pushes it through them like it's like there's almost no resistance at all. Which I They're really just love. So full from Thanksgiving dinner. It's That's like there you go. It's inside. all the stuffing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I believe this is uh, the first. It's the or it's after this. I think. Never mind. Uh, where he I goes to it's, see. It's it's coming up well, in Doctor. Yeah, Doctor Doctor Berman in the woods. Yes, gets gets killed, and then we cut to the mom eating corn and green beans on the floor of the kitchen <laughs> with the with the uh, refrigerator door open. And oh like, yes it's it's like primal just like it's rah, on her rah, knees rah. stuffing uh, yeah. stuffing stuffing into her face i uh, imagine and you know we skipped over the fact of like after dinner her and brad go to her room and yeah. like are making out brad's trying to get a little fresh and terry walks in and sees this happening yeah and this we... also just seemed to be the the moment where he again goes crazy yeah that's like the that's what really pushes him over the edge uh, yeah. Miss to Brad talking to Doctor Berman and um and Jackie, just his voice, great Southern drawl on him, just like we got the back gardens <laughs> yeah. over here, like and not in a not I'm not trying to make him sound unintelligent because he he speaks very well, but it's just his accent is so thick, you know, it adds like really great twang to everything. Uh, yeah, I, I think this movie is really really well edited in terms of its pacing. I think you're right that like these three kills do mean that. We then have a real come down just in terms yeah. of like what's going on. But I think the movie is so weird and there's so many weird, there's so many strange ticks to this movie still that, yeah, you may come, your adrenaline may like go down a bit, but it still remains very entertaining after this. I think there's some really good editing, especially with like the, um, the newborn mom yeah. date getting killed like that reveal is is really fantastic uh i, I did want to say in my notes though i kind of wish we had gotten more of a ghost story aspect with the mom mm. and eating corn and green beans like you could have that scene go on for seven minutes and i would be you just enthralled. want uh you want to introduce I, garmin bosia into the <laughs> world of blood rage <laughs> That would be great, and I want I want her like eating, you know, the corn and green beans, and then yeah. it falls into the cleavage, and her like pitching it out of the cleavage. <laughs> okay, okay, this is well. this is just you pitching the porn parody of Blood Rage, yeah, Spoon uh, Rage. Okay, so Doc Doctor Berman gets cut in half, and it looks really good, <laughs> so good. Yeah, they She's hold obviously on it for a buried. long time. Yeah, yeah. which is I which I enjoy. <laughs> Just her legs in the foreground, her torso in the back, like well, she's around yeah, arms. she's withering. Yeah. Like we're both doing the hand things uh-huh. as we're as we're talking about it, and then we get one of the like the best lines in cinema history. Yes, Terry's in front of the mirror, eating blood, like licking it off his fingers. It's pretty disturbing. Yeah. Um, that's not then, cranberry sauce. That's not cranberry sauce, and the, I, I I counted each time he says it, so uh, that's the first time. Yeah. Uh, I, got, we didn't see, I got a total of five. I, I think I got the five, too. Yeah. Okay. Um, we then have a great, in terms of the editing being good, I really like, we have a little cleaning montage. You see Terry furiously cleaning himself <laughs> and getting rid of all the evidence as the mom is furiously cleaning the kitchen for no reason. Just, like, going yes. hard, like, you know, uh, scrubbing the floor. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure why they're juxtaposed, those two things. 
maybe metaphorically the mom is trying to like it's like a Macbeth thing like out damn spot right you know yeah um, cleaning their conscious the yeah. the blood is on her hands in a way too yeah uh, uh maybe that's what they're, so this they're is, saying yeah this is when terry goes to hang out with the andrea the neighbor girl who's babysitting for what was her name julie is that what we just i think so julie yeah. Yeah, uh, and she, Andrea is like trying to get real fresh with Terry, but he doesn't drink, so she can't get him drunk. She she and is then, wearing a non-shirt, <laughs> like right. It's a top, but not everything's visible anyway. Almost see through, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And she she asked his major psychology, and then when he asked her, she says, "I told you, partying," and that's when she takes <laughs> off to the non-shirt. Uh, but Terry is not interested. Goes, hey, I wonder if anything's good on the tube. And they start watching <laughs> television. I love calling it the tube. I got to bring that back, man. Except everyone's going to think I'm calling. I'm talking about YouTube, but you know, oh well. And this is where Karen uh, is trying to talk to Terry, but she actually meets Todd. It's, and this is this is one of the funniest moments in the movie. Everything about I, this scene, and it's it's the. It's one of the ones where I really do question what this movie is cuz Karen is awful. Yeah, in the movie. And it it's one of those things. It's hard to be a bad actor. Well, it's hard to have a good actor play a bad actor. So the fact that they are so bad. I I can't tell with her. With her in particular, she borders on being pretty good at times. Um, mm. and she kind of oscillates in Maybe. this very speech where it's like I think part of what she's saying has that element of like okay this is a pretty funny performance and then she'll have reactions where you're like the timing on <laughs> again the timing on it is so wrong yeah. you know what I mean like things happen too say, people say things too fast or too slow you know it's it's hard to like say anyone gave a bad performance at all yeah. time because like there are multiple options i'm sure that the editor and director had and th- these are the ones that they chose and so it, i think it's not great but she's to saying me, hey I, I want you to take my or you know make love to me is I, I i paraphrased her her speech here it's great uh you always get real quiet when you're high well look um we've both been away at school and we haven't talked to each other and i don't know terry i just love you a lot you, uh, well, I want you to make love to me. You're shocked, huh? There, I said she, it. She gives yeah. him, like, three seconds to respond. And then it's like, you're shocked, huh? Well, say something. And then he goes, I'm Todd. <laughs> and she's like, what? Just the, her reaction yeah. being so immediate to being like, oh, my God. I the What I just said to you, like, holy shit. And then, you seem nice. I haven't kissed a girl before. Well, I gotta go. Just, like, immediately, already off camera by the time it cuts back to her. Like, <laughs> the pacing of it is so strange. I, I think, to me, every performance is successful in the regard that it's all so entertaining. Like, there's not I, a character yes. in this that doesn't make me laugh at some point. And that is a good word for it, successful. There, there are two in particular. I think Arnie and Greg, who will get a lot more of them pretty soon, those two guys seem like they are improvising for a part of it. Because the dialogue is so, like, something about the stuff they say. Yeah, Arnie especially, yes. Well, I, and that's the thing, like, Artie and Karen have that scene, and it's like, you could not <laughs> find two of the worst actors to, like, put together. They have no chemistry. Yeah. And he's just, ugh, like, he's not Todd picking is up great. on signals. I, lo- I do, I do yeah. think Todd is genuinely endearing, even though he's saying something creepy like that. He's got the mind of a 
of a what a 10 year old 11 year old like you know what i mean well that's how maddie treats him we don't know like he had a traumatic experience we don't know if there's arrested development or if he's just traumatized that shirt he's wearing the the green and blue striped shirt Mm -hmm. uh really does go a long way make him seem very childlike too (laughs) we then get the the newborn mom coming back with her date and uh this is uh this is the yeah aforementioned ed french the special effects artist he's playing bill the date okay um and he is also very funny (laughs) yes i really do like him he's kind of mousy he reminded me of pete Buttigieg. oh yeah i can see that for sure he's got that kind of look to it yeah and he's very uh square i love that she makes him pay the babysitter fee oh yes ten dollars yep yep so great and like they're kind of pissed (laughs) that they're kind of pissed at andrea for asking for that much um, yeah. when she clearly all she did was bring a guy over like right <laughs> she didn't actually do anything uh we get but he starts finding the doctor yeah oh, go ahead oh yes him crying in the we'll talk about that let's do that he's there he's crying in the woods being like why as he's trying but, to put her back together yeah it is i don't necessarily think putting back together but it is <laughs> like he he moves the legs so yeah. that they're are together and yes it's, it's very funny looking uh before that too we have i was gonna go say we have greg and arnie picking up uh karen who ran off into the woods and i just i love this thread they they keep saying we gotta call the police and everyone's like no why what are they gonna do just like yeah. they always bring it up and everyone shuts the idea down which is really really good and then the song playing on the radio it's just some like generic pop song going. He's gonna get you. Like as they're talking about it, <laughs> uh, I as they're talking about Terry and Todd. Like it's it's so on the nose. He said that's the satirical part. You know, mm-hmm. these teens driving around listening to a, a song about how they're gonna get killed. More concerned about beer and partying than yes. anything. Because they're like, I yeah, let's just go hook up with Andrea. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that so yeah, they all meet. So Terry, Karen, Artie, Greg, and Andrea are all like hanging around they they tell terry oh todd's here he kind of gets defensive and they're all joking about it and he's like no no this is serious and like angry he walks away and then the four others just go to party yes again um not concerned about the police nope. or anything they're just like ah let's just go hang out at andrew's <laughs> place and they do tequila shots with the lemons yes uh i will say too uh so I'm just going through my notes and seeing things. Again, I took notes on literally every moment of this thing. But when Andrea is coming on to to Terry, we get another dramatic sting on the score when she grabs his cock. It's just like a... <laughs> like, so I wrote down in my notes, dramatic cock grab, because that's what happens. Uh, a great line from Arnie as they're talking about seeing... As Andrea's talking about... Or, sorry, Karen, Jesus Christ, is talking about seeing Todd... Uh, did you see him for real? Or are you goofing on me? Uh, again, one of those lines where I, I maybe he's improv. I'm not sure. Uh, before Terry leaves the apartment, too, uh, you have Maddie telling him to put on a sweater. I like, put on a sweater. It's oh, cold outside. And, and the blue I, I have that because <laughs> we get that in just a little bit of um, he goes back to tell her that yeah. uh, Todd is back. And that, yeah, she's. It's such a great like, <laughs> delivery. It's cold out. No, the blue one. It's again, she waits a little bit too long to say anything. 
Um, right. She, she'd been chugging wine and vacuuming all night. She, you know, she's a little out of it. <laughs> yes. Uh, I We get that in a little bit because I think we get the um, newborn mom, Julie, and what was his name? Something French? Ed French, yeah, as Bill. Ed French. Uh, them on the couch is great, yeah. Yeah, because he's got bo- coconut body liqueur, and he's realizing, <laughs> you know, she... <laughs> He's so dweebish, and she emphatically states, I'm going to get you a rich daddy. Mama's going to get you a rich daddy. Coconut liqueur mm. is how he says it, looking at it. <laughs> and he's like, full-bodied liqueur. And she's like, say, say it again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She, she's Not great. She's. I think she comes the close to just kind of giving a normal-ish performance. Like, she is a weird character, but the performer is actually, like, decent. <laughs> I'd say. I think I think you're right on that. She may be the best performer <laughs> yeah. in it. Like the most natural seeming, yeah. Uh but we have a great thing. So uh the door rings, uh he French goes to answer it, and then when Julie comes back out like nobody's around, there's a knock on the door, she goes out, and then we get the great such a great shot and editing of his head suspended from some step, Who knows? whatever. Yes, and then uh, just keeps cutting back between the head and her reaction, yeah. screaming. Great. great, great pained expression on the severed head. I have to. I, I wonder if Ed French was cast in this because he just had a fake head of his around, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, great, we can use that head if we just cast you in the movie." That's the same way. Like Tom, it's the same reason Tom Zimidi is in Maniac. It's because, like, well, we had to blow a head up, and I have this head of myself, so I'll play the role, yeah. too, you know. Let me fill it uh, with, like, old tuna fish. And, yeah, or Tony and Gardner in Seed of Chucky getting decapitated. It's like, there's, there's right. a long, there's a long, rich tradition of special effects artists getting their heads either cut or blown off in movies. Uh, around this time, we also have Arnie and Greg playing some kind of racing video game in Andrea's apartment, I'm assuming. And oh, yes. the, the great line that is definitely just improv, they just mic these guys as they're playing video games, but Arnie's saying, I'm going to whip you like a stepchild. Oh, I missed that one. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the, the line Andrea has of, I miss the good old days when men were horny. Or the battle oh, yes. days, something the like that. The battle days when men were horny, yeah. And that's when Greg's like, oh, let me go take care of this. And uh, <laughs> Artie and Karen start playing the game. Yes. Uh, we also have a scene of Terry, or sorry, Todd, looking for Todd her cat home. Tinker. They're looking for the oh, little yeah, girl, the right. cat Tinker. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And Terry tells her there's a bad man, or Todd tells her there's a bad man out here. Go home, lock yourself in. Don't let anyone in, no matter what they say. Um, and yes, then he goes home and is just kind of like pressed against like the. At first, he just like presses himself up against the glass outside, <laughs> like a it, you know, like a little kid or something. And it's so funny. The Maddie is blackout oh, drunk, yeah. basically. Like goes into his laying room. in the hallway, right? Like she, she, he helps her up, <laughs> puts her to the bed, sh- and she thinks he's Terry. The shot of her going Terry and like walking into the hallway and then just collapsing on the floor. Yeah, like it is a plus stuff. Uh, his room is very strange. I'm guessing it's Terry's room, but there's like a Yoda mask on the shelf. Yeah. As well as, like, an assault rifle. And I don't know if it's real. It could be. It's well, Florida. 
In that first scene, they have like a gun assault rifle yes. on them as they're sleeping. So I would assume it's that same toy. Which but is it is wild. Florida. They could just be giving children assault weapons. <laughs> yeah. It was the 80s. So yeah, he carries her to the to bed and she's like, Terry, you know, the she's yeah. thinks it's him. Uh Terry is watching Andrea shower, of course. Uh then we well, have the scene. We skipped over the the movie makeup of yes. Greg. I guess Greg it, it's not explained at all. Greg apparently is a movie makeup expert and does up Andrea and then scares Artie and Karen. <laughs> with the the makeup yeah and then so she obviously has to wash it off of her so we get a very extended um shower yep scene exactly uh also there's a lot of couple swapping going on it seems like because like obviously andrea makes a play at at uh terry terry is also making out with karen in the beginning and then Greg makes a move on Karen, and she doesn't seem totally dismissive. She says no, but it doesn't seem like she's super uncomfortable with it, you know. And you can tell Artie is in love with Karen. Artie's in love with Karen, and then obviously now, yes, yeah, so and now Greg and Andrea are becoming a thing. So like that to me, I, I that also feels like part of the slasher satire of just like the couples don't matter; they're just all with right. each other, you know. And we teased it a little bit earlier, but one of the most insane scenes in yes. a movie of all time is Maddie is tr- has been trying to reach Brad, and she calls the number. She can't get through. It can't she ends be up calling wrong. the yeah. the operator, <laughs> and has such an emotional breakdown. This of is like trying to explain everything. And then the operators eventually, and again, we don't hear any of the operators this is like side of the conversation. Comedy. Yes, and she's like, "But every what every, number? What number? Every line and before this though is like, my my son just came home from school today. Well, actually, it's a mental institution. He was in a mental yeah. institution. Well, I was there earlier today to drop off his pie. What? What number do it, I want? Yeah, <laughs> get me a, my it's boyfriend. A, it's a slow zoom in." And it is fantastic. Because it's after, you know, she's drunk, she woke up, she took a shower. Uh, so she's got wet hair and is in a robe on the yeah. couch. It's so good. This may have been the double feature on Joe, but I don't remember. But at some point he also covered the movie Pieces. Um, I don't believe so, because this one was part of his Thanksgiving. Okay, that makes sense. So it was yeah. like, the hills have eyes. Right. Hard yeah, that makes sense. Or, Oh, that was a yeah. great... Uh, that was a wonderful. Um, yeah, Thanksgiving there were four of them. at that time. Yeah, but uh, yes, but this I was just gonna say this movie needs to be double featured with pieces. You know, like if you watch both of these back to back, it'll be the, it is the most psychotic yeah. night of your life. But it is it will be That's so entertaining. Yeah. Uh, so we cut to or Andrea and Greg are doing night tennis. We get yes. Terry like stalking them. Eventually, they're gonna start doing it, and instead. They then go to the pool area to then have sex on the diving board. On the diving would, board. Would be very uncomfortable, I would yes, assume. Yes, and dangerous, probably, and painful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then, yes, this is great, though. I love the editing of this, where Terry is just there next to them suddenly. And the quickness with which he dispatches them is yeah. is brutal. Just like a quick slash to Greg, and he flies into the pool you know blood spurts out then he starts like slashing 
Andrea's face. Um, like, it's really well done. I have to imagine, I wonder if that scene where they scare them later is done, was shot after this. So they just do their makeup once. You know what I mean? Because, like, the makeup she puts on to scare them is, like, face lacerations and stuff. You know? Right. Uh, so maybe. I imagine they did it for this scene, and then you just have them keep the makeup on, you shoot the other scene, you know? We can we can scare, we can get another quick yeah. scene. Yeah, get we'll, thrill we can pad, pad the movie out to a feature length. Exactly. Um, but great, and you have the great line of, you've been bad, Greg. Uh, then we just <laughs> yeah, have Maddie right. no, no, crying no, no. drunk says, at the phone. stop still. that. Yes. He says, you oh, stop yeah. that, and then attacks them. I think it's afterwards, after they're dead. He says, you've been bad, yeah. Greg. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's right before he kills Greg. You stop that, yeah. Uh, stop Maddie's that. just crying drunk on the phone to nobody at all now. <laughs> uh, we have the Karen and Artie flirting scene. She's like, you're his best friend. You talk to him. You know, try to get that. And then Terry scares them. And I can't remember why, but then Artie says something of like, they call me Mr. Helper, and then walks away. Oh, oh, okay. So, no, no, no. I have it down. It's a little bit... What happens is um, Andrea and Terry go off together, because Terry's like, come home. They kind of fight with Artie a little bit, and he like leaves frustrated. Uh, he gets into his car, and Todd pops up with a gun. That's what it was, right. And he's like, you're going to help me. And he's like, well, call me Mr. Helper. Yeah. They call uh, me Mr. Is, Helper. Which is a really funny line. Um, and then Arnie is. Then we walking. get their first interaction. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, so then Where? we have to- yeah Terry and and Andrea are at Todd's or at Terry's house, and she's like gonna have sex with them. Or that Andrea's? I don't quite know where they are, but uh, um, they're they must be at Terry's place. Yeah, yeah. That's when like uh, Artie and Todd come to the door. And we have their first interaction, and Terry and Todd they stare at each other, and Todd just can't runs do away. It. He can't no, pull the trigger. He has a gun can't yep. do it. He still maybe loves his brother or doesn't quite understand what's happening even. So, yeah. Uh, We find, uh, so they go and chase after him and they find like the big bag of weapons, Artie and Terry. And that's when we get the the line again, repeat it twice. That's not Mm -hmm. cranberry sauce. It's not cranberry sauce, Artie. Artie gets a full uh, big old, like a carving fork. Yeah. To to the the jugular. Great. It looks good. I like really good. Yeah. Um, and then he says it, uh, the second and third time there, it's not cranberry sauce already. It's not cranberry <laughs> sauce. Then he says it two more times after he kills him. Um, yeah, it's so yep. random. Like I, Terry's then trying five to, five times he, then is a he, bit much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it though. I think it's, I think it all works. Then he meets Karen in the woods and it's just like, yeah, Todd's, he's like, Todd's running around killing people. <laughs> so he just says it so casually is great and then clearly he knows the jig is up and just attacks her um or when i love when she's like he seems so psychotic at this point that he's like like why are you running away from me i love you this is where come back this is where his performance like peaks for me because you have the line uh she's like let's call the police and he's like yeah sure let's call the police they'll know what to do they'll figure it out like the way he says it so dismissively (laughs) is fucking gold and then he just attacks her, yeah. Um, and this is where we have the synth score kicks in. We have the incredible shot of him smiling with the machete on his shoulder uh, yeah. when he's outside. She, uh, We have the the moment where she, Karen is trying to get in. But of course, Todd told the, the little, little girl, girl, don't let anyone in. Yeah. Um, I like it. Set up. I, li- I like the little girl is actually a pretty decent actor. 
I like her line reading of you're coming in to hurt my kitty. <laughs> like, yeah, that to me is funny. Um, Maddie is still on the phone calling the wrong number. <laughs> we keep cutting back to her. Like, I just love that all of her business at the end of the movie is just phone stuff by herself. Uh, great effect when they go into the baby, the mom's house again, and you see Terry pulling the machete out of her chest. That oh yeah, great. That, that is a good one. I think we we cut over uh, Karen's like hiding, and so she sees Doctor Berman's assistant dead. Yes, and when she comes back out, uh, Terry has arranged Artie, and, and he's like, like puppeting his body. Clap. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just another like great little like you're absolutely insane psychotic yeah. break. Like then we get to the the great the greatest gross out moment of the movie when um, Maddie finally gets up to go look for go to Brad's office. It's hilarious that she spent all this time trying to call the office and just walking over there. They live right. in the same build, the same complex. So she finally does. She discovers him dead. He falls forward and his head fucking splits in half. It's really his, good. And his brains ooze out. It's I, I so sickening to look at. You're not selling it well enough because she comes and she yeah. is staring at it for minutes. Like, so it long. It feels like an eternity. But she's approaching from behind, you know, so you can maybe say she's not see seeing blood. the blood. Yeah, right, yeah, but she right. can't. And he's he's propped up, so like the cutoff arm is like keeping the head up, and it's it's such a good look, and you can tell something's wrong with the the skull, and just the the tension and the buildup is phenomenal. It looks like pudding when his head splits open. You know, it's like, like custard. lemon custard. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right <laughs> me of of a uh, brain dead. Peter Jackson's brain dead. Yeah, yeah. So then we then have uh, Karen grabs the baby when she's in that apartment and runs away. Uh, she runs to the pool. They have a struggle at the pool. Uh, Terry and Todd face off yet again. Uh, again, Todd cannot pull the trigger. But then um, Karen gets the gun, but it, she, there's not enough bullets in it because it's a revolver. So she has to keep just trying to fire until something comes out. Uh, Terry get, ends up getting thrown into the pool. Maddie comes in, gets the gun, and shoots Terry dead across the pool. Uh, I and think it's Mark like multiple yeah. shot, like it is continuously. Mark Sopper, bam, bam. he really sells the impact of the bullets. I think, and you get great little blood spurts too. Like it's pretty well done. You get one in the eye, and then he's automatically yes. covering it up. That was cool. That was very cool. Uh, so he gets shot uh, to death. Yeah. Real quick, before that, that like they are fighting and then they fall into the pool, which is another reflection thing. Ooh, there you go. And then as they're coming out, they're they're split, and uh, Karen is helping Todd, and then that's when uh, Terry, you know, pops out. But we did also skip over one of the great Terry scenes of when. Karen is running away, obviously with a fake baby. Right. She takes a little break and solace and to try to catch her breath at the pool. And that's when Terry, like, comes in and just starts jumping on the diving board. On the board. diving board, yeah. Like, it, like, without a care in the world. Great. And then she sees him, she's like, oh god, and starts That does away. stress me out, because I'm like, you're gonna fall off. Because, like, I used to be a swimmer, and I just remember you, those things, like, I mean, it's just my nerves whenever I'm on a diving board, but I end up falling off if I try anything. So, th- then we get the, I guess, final reveal of, uh, she, Maddie is, like, holding Todd. Yeah. Giving a 
dramatic speech about how they only need each other. Yes. She'll never be with another man. Um, get a lot of implied incestuous relationship throughout their whole lives, it seems. Yep. And then the, <laughs> I guess the reveal of, I'm Todd. Yes, and then she calls both... him Terry during all this. Yeah. Right, and then they both start just screaming, I'm Todd. Todd gets up I'm and starts Todd. slamming his head into the wall as Maddie While joins Maddie him. screams, yes, I'm, I'm Todd. Todd. And I'm then Todd. It's zooming in on, on Todd doing this, and we hear a gunshot. <laughs> so Maddie just commits suicide. Oh, uh, what an ending. What a way it to ends. close it all out. Ends on a freeze frame of yes. Todd. <laughs> oh, yes. Absolutely fucking brilliant. Um, I just remembered part of my dream last night where I was thinking of Blood Rage and Tar together. I did have the actually true realization. Both of these movies, um, they kind of do it Italian style where they just begin. Like, you know, you press play on Blood Rage and just immediately within seconds you're looking at the marquee for the house that cried murder. Yeah. You go to see Tar, as soon as it starts, first thing you see is Tar asleep on a plane, you know, like just instantly, frame one of the movie, just yeah. like we're in we're in it, you know, uh, that's the only connection my brain actually made that seems to be accurate. Um, but yeah, brilliant movie. I love Blood Rage, man. I had such a great, great time watching this twice. And I'm, I'm so happy that you picked it. This was this was great. Between the two of us. Yes. Which one of us is Terry? Which one is Todd? Mm. Uh, that is a good question. I, I don't know. Who do you think is the more like reserved? I, I will say, I think I can't be Terry because of the line that uh, Karen has. You're always so quiet when you're high. That's not yeah. true for me. <laughs> uh, that's, not, that's not the case with me. <laughs> I am usually so I a bit more I, quiet. Hi, yeah. I don't know if I could be Terry. I think I had to be Todd. So I'm a, you know, <sighs> mentally that puts a child. Me with Maddie. Yeah. yeah. Hey. Well. Hey. Did you see that cleavage? <laughs> I, oh, I picked did. out that dress. Everybody yeah. at the Thanksgiving <laughs> party saw that. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's let's get some final thoughts. What are we gonna rate it out of? Obviously, cranberry sauce, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. The totally. jars of cranberry sauce. I do really enjoy this movie. I still have problems with it. I, I'm assuming they are trying to go for the satire. It just doesn't hit 100% of the time. As we said, there are some performers that are not, we're not seeing the greatest takes. Maybe they are the best takes they got, but that's that's what we have. I uh, have such a, a roller coaster of emotions. It, it's It's sad. It's tragic. You laugh, you cry. Uh, I'm just going to go with four jars of cranberry sauce. Hell yeah. Two for each brother. Um, yep. Yeah, hey, speaking of brothers, as a brother movie, I think this is a very fun one too because you have that classic, if you have a sibling and you get in trouble or you think you're going to get in trouble, you do something you know is bad and you have the option Try to, blame to maybe blame it on somebody else. As a kid, yeah. that is a card you do not play very often. If you're a good kid like me, uh, I was a, I was a good boy. But occasionally, you break something, and you're like, "Hey, well, you know, I saw I saw so and so over there 
too messing around with it and i was just good i was in the, i was in there playing donkey Kong country i wasn't you know sneaking around trying to grab <laughs> snacks out of the fridge or something like uh to have that option and to see it realized uh to such a ridiculous degree in this where terry is just able to pass off todd as like a babbling psychopath you know what i mean and convince the world and his mother that uh todd killed somebody at a drive-in while having sex it's such an insane movie um to me it is so successful i don't know what it was trying to do but every scene just leaves me with questions about like why did the actor say it that way what is wrong with their face <laughs> like you know <laughs> why are their eyes like staring into me off of the off you know out of the screen like i find so much uh to be fascinated by in this movie and it is just funny it is so funny it is the room style of movie where yes. i don't care what the intentions were the result is so entertaining that to me it is a good movie it bordering on great because i think there are some extremely well done elements in the slasher sensibilities like i think what satire or not you get a group of teens that are pretty fun to hang out with before they get brutally sliced up by a machete in like gory detail like that's are they what fun else to hang out with need? i think so they're playing video games saying i'm gonna all whip you like a stepchild taking tequila shots like you know uh putting makeup on and scaring each other like they're just playing the classic tennis. yeah they're classic 80s horror teens you know what i mean it's bare bones but it's well done i'd say um, maybe that's what it is i'm i'm reacting to the bare bonesness of it yeah yeah, it's a, there's like there's a sickening nature to the gore at times too, which to me keeps it like interesting and uh, makes it stand out amongst like, you know, maybe your more mainstream. Main saying mainstream is weird, but yeah, truly your mainstream slashers like Friday Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street. Like this to me strikes me as like much sleazier than those, and those can get sleazy, you know. So that's saying yeah. something. <laughs> so uh, you're a rating, Greg. I had a stuck because I really had to think about it. I'm going to go, I'm going to say straight up 4.5 jars of cranberry sauce. I think this is a great film. And um, I I really just have such a fun time watching it. And uh, I think I'm just I'm also just a John Grismer fan. I want, because I like Scalpel so much too. I just like, yeah, man, he only directed two movies, both home runs. I like that. I like that narrative in my brain. I got to check so it I'm out. I keep that alive. I'm pretty sure you've recommended it to me before. I think I definitely Some mentioned way. it. I definitely put it yeah. on the list when we were starting this podcast. We each, like each uh, three of us, uh, with along with Kill, we just made a list of movies that we'd like to talk about someday. And I'm 100% put Scalpel on my list. Yeah, I like the movie a lot. Fun stuff. Uh, well, this was our Thanksgiving special. I still have another pick for November. We are going to be talking about one of the greats. He didn't do a lot of directing. But he is a very prolific actor, and we both miss him dearly. We're going to be talking about Bill Paxton's uh, 2001, 2002, Frailty. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, maybe one of the early Maconnaissance. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think pre. I say pre, because I think after this, he has his kind of, like, down period. Right. You know what I mean? So this is, like... Well, that's the thing. His, his the reconnaissance was was an uh, an overarching thing. Like he he dipped down. But it, it came and went. He had you're some saying. greatness. 
uh, contact and and frailty. I think, I think. There's got to be a huh. So we're trying to think of like there's the reconnaissance, there's the uh, the Renaissance is what we're pulling from. Before that, you had maybe like is there like an Enlightenment age? You know what I mean? Okay. Like before, then a, then the Dark Ages, and then the Renaissance. When we you know we start with like days and confusion. No, excuse me. Yes, we start with my boyfriend's back. Oh, we start with my boyfriend's back. Immediately, he he uh, ascends with Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation. Right. Um, and you, then he bring it down a little bit for days. Then and it's confused. downhill from there. Yeah. Then it's you know days and confused. Whatever. No, obviously. Uh, yeah, you're right. He has several peaks and valleys throughout his career. But, you know, this is, this, from what I remember, a really good performance of his. You know, McConaughey, Paxton is in it. Powers Booth, I believe, oh, yeah. is one. Oh, yeah. Powers Booth. Of the oh, actors. Yeah. So I, we're going to have a lot of fun talking Powers. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. So, yeah, everybody, I hope your uh, Thanksgiving, Friendsgiving, whatever it is, went well. I hope people didn't fight too much. I hope none of your siblings, you know... Uh, said that's not some... cranberry sauce. Yes, at some point, <laughs> repeatedly. Yeah, <laughs> that'll turn me into a homicidal maniac with a blood rage. That'll give me the the blood rage. Yeah. Uh, well, until next time, you can rate, review, subscribe anywhere you get this podcast. You can email us weeklypodcastmassacre at gmail dot com. We have both Twitter and Instagram at weeklymassacre. Don't use Twitter and uh hit us up let us know if you have a homicidal twin in the lunatic asylum that you put there because you actually did the murder if your mom wears inappropriate dresses at a holiday tradition as a as a holiday tradition if you have a girlfriend that wants to have sex with you but you just can't for some reason let us send her her our way you know uh, if you were around when the Simmons kid first turned into a wacko, please give us a shout. Let us know the first-hand account what that was like. Yeah, we, we really want to know. And as mm-hmm. always, until next time, please put on a sweater. It's cold outside. The blue one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's call the police. They'll know what to do. They'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs>